Well, good evening. It is um, really a privilege to be with you this evening, and I'm really looking forward to being with you again in person. Um, please pray with me. Father, I pray that your truth falls on open hearts this evening. May your words for us be spiritual food. May we be edified by your word, and may your Holy Spirit minister to our hearts. Amen. So throughout the Lenten season, we focused on the ways of Jesus, the rhythms of his ministry, and how we might follow in Jesus' footsteps in practicing these rhythms. We began with solitude, how throughout Jesus' ministry, Jesus would withdraw from the crowds and even his closest friends to commune with God. Who knew at that time that we'd all have quite a lot of time to practice solitude during this time of social distancing? We then looked at how Jesus' prayers conveyed kingdom authority and how our prayers can also cause God's will and kingdom authority and how our prayers can also cause God's will and kingdom to come here and now through the authority of Jesus' name. We can certainly practice the authoritative prayers uh, right now as we pray for our world and local leaders to have wisdom, for our health and for our neighbor's health, for the church to thrive at this time. Uh, Pastor Kurt then focused on boldness in Jesus' ministry, and last week Andrew spoke of Jesus' ministry being spirit-filled and spirit-led, and how, too, we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And tonight, um, I'll be fo focusing on the way of the cross. I've been thinking about the topic of the cross specifically for the past month, and perhaps it's for this reason that I've had a lot of peace in the midst of the COVID-19 uncertainty. The cross is part of God's eternal plan for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. No matter their circumstances, we can rest in God's promise of eternal life. I watched a news special a couple days ago that covered the hospital situation related to COVID-19 in New York City. Seeing the images of ventilated patients, nurses working tirelessly in their protective isolation garb, and fatigued doctors brought me back to my early years of nursing when I worked on critical care units, first at St. Mary's Hospital, Mayo Hospital, in Rochester, Minnesota, and then at Mary Greeley in Ames. I've been there. I've been the nurse caring for the ventilated patient on the verge of death from a lung infection. I've cried with patients and families when they've received a terminal diagnosis. I've stood beside families through the night as their loved ones breathing and hearts steadily slow and then stop. My hands have cleaned the bodies of those whose spirits have left their earthly bodies for good. I've also been a mother watching on as a team of nurses and doctors worked to keep my own baby alive when he wasn't able to breathe independently after perfectly normal, normal delivery. Life on this earth can be downright tough. There are so many uncertainties and yet, from the words of John's gospel, a light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus and his death on the cross overcame the darkness once and for all. During the life of Jesus, the cross was a symbol of agonizing torture and death. But just as Jesus changed hearts 
lives and paradigms of love, mercy, forgiveness, and justice, he also redefined the symbol of the cross. The cross, once a symbol of darkness and death, became a symbol of life and light. What does it mean for us to follow Jesus in the way of the cross? That's a really big question, so I'll refer to some scripture. I'm going to start with Philippians 2.5. It states, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. In Matthew 10, 37 through 39, Jesus said, Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. There's a lot in these verses. There's a lot to tease out. In simple terms, Philippians 2.5 teaches us that in following Jesus and the way of the cross, we too are called to humble ourselves, to love and serve as Jesus loved, to obediently follow him, to be willing to suffer. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus calls for our love and allegiance. And he tells us that when we follow his ways and desires, when our identity and purposes are defined by him, we will truly live. So as we follow this way of the cross, Jesus' way becomes our way. Our identity, worth, and life are found in him. As we follow the ways of the cross, we become a light in the darkness. I'll never forget my first Easter spent away from home. As a new nurse, I now worked holidays. I was working 12-hour shifts over the entire Easter holiday weekend. There was no way I'd be able to make it to a Friday, a Saturday, or a Sunday Easter worship service. And I was missing my family and all the Easter family traditions that I had experienced over the past 22 years. My woe is me, I'm missing my family, and all the splendor of Easter attitude was pretty terrible. As I helped a cardiac surgical patient, still full of surgical tubes and wires, into the bathroom and shower, I literally thought to myself, ugh, I'm having to wash this patient's nether regions when I should be in church. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit spoke up and asked, what did Jesus do for you over this Easter weekend 2,000 years ago? He picked up his cross, and he died for you. Kelly, pick up your cross. Serve the person I have placed in front of you and do it joyfully. And I did. Again, in Matthew, Jesus said, Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. It is a crazy cool phenomenon that when we surrender our desires for his desires, he fills us with his joy and contentment. To this day, I remember the joy of the Lord that I experienced in serving the patients assigned to my care on that particular Easter Sunday. 
His light pierced the darkness of my terrible attitude, and hopefully in my joy and in, in my service, I was also a light to my patients. Jesus picks up the cross to say, I love you. We pick up the cross to say, I love you too. God does not use the greatest or most capable people to further his kingdom. He uses the obedient. As we follow Jesus in the way of the cross, our identity, value, and purposes are rooted in him. Am I worthy? Does my life have meaning? Does it have purpose? These are questions we all ask ourselves. Well, what is something worth? What's the value of this church building? What's the value of hand sanitizer or toilet paper today? Things are worth the price that one's willing to pay. The cross demonstrates the great length to which God will go to show us his great love and his desire for a restored relationship with us. Was the sacrifice easy for Jesus? To answer this question, we, we merely have to look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he died. On that night, Jesus pleaded with God to take the cup of suffering away. As a man, he struggled with the knowledge of the death he was about to endure, but he said, Yet not my will, but yours be done. In his obedience, Jesus was not only committing himself to be the sacrificial lamb for the atonement of our sin, he was committing himself to flogging, humiliation, and, his, and extreme pain as that sacrificial lamb. That is the price he paid for you and for me. Jesus, through his actions, says that you and I are worth that price. So here's God's truth for you based on what Jesus did on the cross. Hear this truth. You are loved. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Romans 8.39 states, Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing you have done or will do can alter his love for you. Stand on this truth. Build your life and identity on this truth. Live loved. Lived, live knowing you are worthy. Build your identity on the knowledge that your God-given value is worth dying for. This is the way of the cross. Your life has eternal value and eternal purposes, especially as you come to know and follow Jesus, as you love and serve others, as you embrace and love who God created to you to be, as you forgive, as you pick up your own cross to follow him. You bring God's love and light to the world. So do not let this world define your identity, your worth, or your purposes. Allow the author of the universe who died to be in an eternal relationship with you, that privilege. As you live your life in him and for him, you are a light in the darkness. Because of our current situation, um, I want to close by talking about how we might view suffering differently than the rest of the world in light of the cross. We could spend an entire year looking at the problem of pain and how how and why a good God would allow such pain and suffering. What I want to touch on is what the cross teaches us about suffering. Because of the cross, we know that God can and does use suffering for our good 
the good of others, and the furthering of his kingdom. Jesus' suffering and obedience on the cross brought new life, our lives. Jesus came and suffered for us and alongside us. We are never alone in our pain, suffering, and uncertainty. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He also said, surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. We can cry out to a God who understands and has walked where we walk. We can find rest in him. I experienced this firsthand with a patient during a long 12-hour night shift. This particular patient was quite sick. It had been over 10 years prior to this time that he had undergone a life-saving heart transplant. Now he was nearing the end of his life. During this hospital stay, in fact, his course of -of end-of-life care was discussed at length. As I cared for him throughout the night, he just couldn't get comfortable. I was in his room countless times, helping him get repositioned, fluffing a pillow, adjusting a blanket, bringing in water, preparing middle-of-the-night peanut butter toast. Finally, listening to and obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit, I simply sat with him in his room, and we talked. And it wasn't long before we were singing hymns together and praising Jesus. Finally, at about 1 or 2 a.m., when we finished singing, I tucked him in. After that, there was no no more repositioning or fluffing of pillows. The call light he had used stayed quiet. He slept soundly for the rest of the night. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus was with us in that hospital room. Jesus is with us in our suffering. Jesus is with us in the uncertainties surrounding COVID-19 as well. This is a time when we as Christians can really shine as a light in the darkness. May we follow Jesus in the way of the cross, knowing we are worthy, knowing that in him and through him we find true life. In my closing prayer tonight, I echo Paul's prayer for the people of God from Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen.